Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for January 2nd, 2022, the second Sunday after Christmas Day in Year C. And it's the beginning of the new year. Uh, uh, and, and not lectionarily this time, uh, like uh, on, the ca- on the calendar. This is um, the football game kind of new year. Right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, uh, Bruce, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. My, I have to admit, my voice is a little tired from all the Christmas weekend services. But you had a uh, few. You had a few. Had a few. Had a few. But they were great. And thank you, Ben and Bethany Payne, and to everyone else who helped make those services so wonderful. Uh, yeah, tons. Yeah, tons of people. Uh, yeah. uh, uh helped with that. Uh, and 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 I forgot to say it. We're not coming to. We're coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. So uh, when referencing Sunday services, those are the Sunday services that we are referencing. It's a uh, uh, um, <laughs> yes. The, the 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 Holy Family Who are Sunday these people services. People I'm listening to. Right. Where do they come from? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I, I we made we made it. Uh, not as the, maybe not as you're listening to this podcast, uh, but you know what? I mean, we'll get there, right? It's good. I mean, <laughs> yes, we will get there. 2022. Who would have thought? And yet, uh, mercifully, 2021 ends. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, very... I can't say I'm gonna miss it. It was not my favorite. Um, uh, I I must must be truthful, uh, um, but I'm but I am glad that we are uh, th- that we're into the new year, and uh, that uh, uh, there's a lot of things to look forward to. So uh, um, it was kind of referenced a little bit if you were in uh, at any of the live. Um, church services for Christmas in and around church services that we had, um, uh, things coming up, uh, uh, in the new year, but now's, now's our chance to get you to, to actually talk about any of the stuff that's coming up in the new year. What's coming up in the new year? What do we have to look forward to? Oh gosh. So many things. We're starting a week from Sunday, uh, new adult form at 9am on Sundays about how to live compassionately in chaotic times. We are starting in January a um, movie discussion group that, um, oh shoot, now I'm blanking on the title of it. Do you have it in front of you? I do not. <laughs> okay. It, it's the one, anyway, it's movies that, that um, reflect on social justice in, mm-hmm. mainly in the United States, I think. Um, but Hidden Figures, that's the name of it. Ah, uh, Hidden um, Figures, Okay. And as I've been saying, even if you're not going to be part of the discussion, you can go to the website, see the, the movies we're going to watch, and you have yourself a pretty good, these would be good movies to watch list available yeah. to you. Most of them are available on streaming services, and all of them are available either on a streaming service or on DVD at a library. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I have to admit, some of them are so good that I bought them um for my library, I like the sound of this though. Movie studies. That's a that's a that's a fun uh, target. Uh, that's a yeah, fun and so what we're we're asking people to do is to watch the movie on their own time, mm-hmm. and then gather for an hour of discussion of it or so. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it'd be hard to uh, hard to uh, 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 watch it all and then just discuss. Yeah, I mean that's that'd be a long time commitment. But yeah, I mean, hey. 
now's your chance. People, do you want to do <laughs> you want to do that? <laughs> huh? Well, huh? No? We have no. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and new social outreach projects are starting, all sorts of stuff. So holyfamilyfishers.org for all the information. Very good. Very good. Good Thank plug. You. Good plug. Good plug. I um <laughs> Uh, well, uh, that's what's going on, uh, in, in the new year. Let's move over to what has happened, uh, in church history. Cause I, as I told Bruce before we got started, um, uh, apparently January 2nd was quite the day for, uh, uh, the history of, uh, the, the, the global church, uh, not a, not a specific denomination per se, but, uh, but, uh, um, uh, the church-related uh, items in uh, throughout the world. So let's uh, let me get into what all is associated with this day, January second. Um, in three hundred and three, uh, according to tradition, Roman Emperor uh, Diocletian, uh, unfortunately, uh, ordered the slaughter of Christians at the English town, uh, which, because of the event, becomes known as Litchfield. Uh, or Field of Corpses, which I didn't realize that's where the name for the English town of Litchfield comes from. I gotta admit, I didn't either. And that's horrifying. Yeah! <laughs> um, in uh, 1492, uh, the Moors surrendered Grenada uh, to their Catholic Majesty's Ferdinand and Isabella. Uh, so this day in 1492, uh, uh, Grenada uh, became... Uh, part of I'm just trying to remember Ferdinand uh, King Ferdinand was uh, was that Spanish is that the Spanish yeah uh, yeah yeah this is part of the this is the, the wrapping up well, that's a terrible way to put it it's the ending of the time when the Moors as they're often called now in Western history um, really. Gave up most of their claims to the Spanish Peninsula. They had uh, okay. been, been there for a couple of centuries. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we now look back on that time and say, okay, there is, we, we ought to be able to pull this off today, is that even though they the rulers, and it was a, um autocratic system, mm -hmm. even though the rulers were Muslim, Christians, Jews, and Muslims all lived shoulder to shoulder together. Hmm. Uh, on the Spanish Peninsula, and create all sorts of uh, great works of art and architecture, and learn from each other, and it really hmm. was grand that way. And in many ways, it's too bad that um, there is a growing sense of nationalism in Europe, and so the Spanish Catholics rose up and drove out everyone else, including the Jews. Both Muslims and Jews were persecuted. Hmm. Unfortunate. Yeah. Um, or the, the Great Inquisition. Oh, that old thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that was that Monty was... Python reference. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> this there was when it was starting. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Um in uh, In fact, there oh, was an ahead. interesting historic uh, um, history books written a couple of decades ago now that speculated that one of the reasons Columbus wanted to explore beyond Spain was he was getting so fed up with the anti-Semitism and huh. was looking 
to to help find lands where Spanish people could live together once again with mutual understanding and respect among religions. Interesting. Didn't work out that way. <laughs> well, well, no. But he was Columbus was quickly pushed aside once he uh, discovered the Indies and all that Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've got I've got a few more to get discovered to. Discovered it so. for Spain. The people who were there knew it was there. <laughs> That's that, a fair point. <laughs> Worth mentioning for sure. Yeah, very. Uh, uh, in 1542, Calvin's ecclesiastical ordinances are ratified as church law in Geneva. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it happened. Okay, um, it did. No, uh, no ignoring it. I, I I won't go into great detail on this, but in 1792, uh, uh, the, uh, the the author who wrote the hymn "All Hail the Power of Jesus Name" died. And interestingly enough, the same day, many many years later, but in 1924, the author of "Onward Christian Soldiers" and "Now the Day Is Over" also died. So uh, uh, January 2nd, uh, unfortunately, a, a day for for hymnal writers. Um, uh, uh, passing away. Um, uh, the, Don't ride in a car with a hymnal writer on January right? second. Uh, in 1905, I won't e- even attempt to uh, read all the well. Uh, uh, Sergius Georgievich Gol- Golubnyadnikova. <laughs> Uh, That sounds pretty good to me without reading what you're reading. (laughs) Uh, Also known as Seraphim, was uh, consecrated as a bishop uh, up in Russia uh, who, um, well, he uh, uh, served his post and condemned the Bolshevik Revolution uh, and uh, was the first first prisoner uh, to be put into prison at the Novospassky Monastery in Moscow, where he would later be shot, unfortunately. but uh, but hey, he became bishop on this day in 1905. Um, and uh, uh, the other one I wanted to bring up was in 1921, KDKA, a Pittsburgh radio station, broadcasts a service from Calvary Episcopal Church to test its ability to make remote broadcasts. And this is the first religious broadcast ever made. Wow. What year was that? 1921. Huh. I would guess it would have been a little before that. So that I would have as well, um, but uh, but apparently not. Apparently not. So KDKA, we salute you out in Pittsburgh, uh, getting yeah. getting broadcast done, and you open up the world for us to put this nonsense uh, out into the world. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much, or you're to blame. Uh, however you want to look at it. <laughs> Uh, so this was that was uh, your day in church history for January second. Uh, let's move on to the readings uh, for January second, and um, uh, uh, a little a little side word uh, that that uh, about the readings today, uh, as uh, Bruce and I discussed before we started recording. Uh, this is one of the few, if not. Uh, maybe maybe the only uh, Sunday where there, there's kind of like a common lectionary page that is used by uh, uh, multiple groups. Um, this is a, a Sunday that that deviates from that a, a little bit, uh, a little bit of shared uh, readings. But uh, it's one of the few Sundays where I can't use the Vanderbilt Divinity Library um, as a, as the resource for our readings. Uh, which means I'm missing out on the artwork that they put on the page. Um, 
But you can uh, do that on your own time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, one of the one of the few Sundays uh, uh, that that deviates from that uh, slightly. So I'm getting uh, uh, this reading from our uh, lectionary page dot uh, net, which is a, an Episcopal website. So uh, our first reading comes from Jeremiah 31, verses seven through fourteen. Thus says the Lord: Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob. And raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, Save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those with labor, those in labor together. A great company they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him, and will keep him as a shepherd a flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob, and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. It will turn their mourning into joy, and will comfort them, and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. Um, this reading kind of seems to me like a, a combination of a bunch of things that we have uh, been talking about over the, the, the years. Um, that uh, it, it kind of hits a lot of the, the high notes of, kinda, of a traditional, quote-unquote traditional or common uh, Old Testament passage. Uh, a promise of... Uh, the, the the return to the land of Israel uh, from their northern captors, a promise that not just the strong will make the trek, but um, uh, women and children and 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 uh, the, the 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 lame uh, will will make it. That right. the path will be easy, that it will be straight, uh, and that they'll be gathered back together and become a great. Uh, um, a, a great uh, a, a nation again. And all of that is contained right here in this reading. It's kind of like the cliff notes of, of Old <laughs> Testament prophecies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Old Testament prophets uh, need look no further than these, you know, eight verses. Yeah, particularly the prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, some others that dealt with Israel being conquered by the Babylonians and most of the population being taken off into slavery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did, am I the only one that got a little bit of, uh, um, uh, he leads me besides still waters vibe, uh, from, yeah. from, from this. That's appropriate. Yep. It's part of that imagery that is common in the book of Psalms. And, in fact, we'll see a little bit of it in the psalm for today, I believe. Uh, mm, okay. Of God providing in the midst of, 
of the wilderness, particularly when it's on a spiritual journey, a sacred journey. Okay. That in this case, it's returning from exile in many of the Psalms has to do with going to Jerusalem for the major festivals. Hmm. Okay. Which also you have to go through the desert to do. Uh, okay, I guess you would, wouldn't you? Okay. Um, what? Uh, what's? What is? I mean, obviously, uh, I kind of touched on what's going on here. Um, what Jeremiah is talking about. But uh, what about um, uh, where we are in uh, the book of Jeremiah? Does Jeremiah kind of? Is, is Jeremiah uh, a kind of a, a storyline kind of a, a book, or is it kind of a gathering of writings? Like a, oh, that's a, a good way to phrase it. It's more of a gathering of writings. Okay. Okay. Uh, probably most, if not all, by Jeremiah. It's not like some of the books where, yeah, we got, like, it's not like Isaiah, where, we're, yeah, we, we think there are three different authors there. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a gathering of writings, and therefore there's a certain, there's, some writings in Jeremiah from before they were conquered and mm -hmm. some uh, giving them hope for a return. Okay. Jeremiah ends with, uh, ends on the hope. It's not like uh, Isaiah uh, uh, where it, it ends upon early, early upon the return. It ends just as they're about to return. Hmm. So like packing up and leaving or like yeah. on the road? Well, it's not that exact. It's not like, have your boarding passes <laughs> Got, ready. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and, then, and so begun the long trek back to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was um, the worst of times and yet the best of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like in the last chapter of Jeremiah... Um, the, the English translator has added the title, The Doom of Babylon. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, my. Doesn't end well for them. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Uh, but it doesn't actually end. It's a prophecy of the doom of Babylon. Okay. Okay. Um, what else did I want to ask uh, uh, about this? Because uh, uh, it seems... The, the longer that we do this, it seems a little bit more uh, straightforward just because like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. We, you know, we've we've read this before. Uh, these these yeah. promises, these, uh, you know, which uh, I'm Even sure though we haven't. I don't think we've done this particular passage before. No, I, I think you're right. I, I think this is but relatively yeah, new. We've hit these themes before. Right. And and uh, the the interesting thing uh um, the interesting thing about it, it, of course, is that, you know, for, for those in captivity, uh, uh, you write this all you want. Like this, like they, I would never get tired of, of hearing about the story of our, of our return to our homeland, right. you know? Uh, so, uh, not to imply that that uh, it's same old, same old, and they're therefore um, irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Because um, this this holds meaning, I think, for for even us uh, today. This it can 
can kind of be a reminder of of a kind of return to home that there's always there's always this promise of restoration and rebuilding exactly uh, that can that can have a, a lot of meaning for us so um and especially uh, uh giving the priests the fill of fatness um <laughs> You know, yeah, I've had that? that a few too many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming off of uh, off of Christmas, I think we, uh, right. I think we all have. <laughs> sure, I'll take I'll take some extra butter with that. <laughs> Deep fat fried and what now? Yes, fantastic. I will partake. Thank you. But um, what that actually, it's a poetic way of saying restoration in the temples restored. Mm, okay because the the priests would not have their fill of fatness unless they were offering the purification offerings which could only be offered in the temple gotcha okay so this is so this is also a a um this is also talking about uh the uh the kind of the rebuilding of the temple then yeah yeah it, okay it, it, it all the important stuff's going to be good. Nice. Okay. Um, I'll try to. Is there anything else? There's. Okay. There's one thing that you have no reason to ask. Oh, but... wait, 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 wait. Okay. No, go ahead, I'm, go just, ahead. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> what you might ask is what about the verses that come right after this? Oh yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would probably not ask that because <laughs> uh, it's not one of those classic where we skip the stuff, right? Um, it's um, a voice is heard in Rama, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more. In Matthew, well, that, that's dark. <laughs> it is dark, and. In the Matthew passage we're about to have, it is seen as an inspiration for Matthew's analysis of the slaughter of the innocents, as we now call it, when Herod killed all the children who would have perhaps been Jesus. Hmm. So this portion of Jeremiah is associated in various ways, not just the verses I just gave you, but what we've been talking about this morning is associated with the birth of Jesus and with Jesus, the incarnate God coming into the world by Christians, obviously. Right. 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 Huh. Okay. Yeah. It, I, I don't know. Maybe that's nerdy, but I find it interesting. Well, I mean, look, uh, all of this is nerdy, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Uh, I, I know, I know, I, I know. Some people would would think that uh, uh, the the study of the Bible couldn't possibly be nerdy, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> you can be nerdy about literally anything, and uh, uh, I I think suffice it to say, this counts as nerdy. Um, well, and yeah, yesterday you were talking with a parishioner about the law. Yes, yes, I was, and I was thinking, yeah, that's like canon law. In the- <laughs> Episcopal Church. If, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. really find it interesting, the history, the application, the changes, and all that, yeah, you're a church nerd. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing yeah, wrong with it at all. They're needed. They're, and at times, I have been in that role. So, anyway, 
<laughs> Every field has its nerds. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, 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 uh, I think rightly so. I think rightly so. Yeah. Uh, let me, sorry, my computer decided to freeze up there. Uh, there we go. Um, anything else about this passage from, uh, Jeremiah? I think this suffices for the day. Excellent. Well, as, as we are led by bricks of water and in a straight path, we shall not stumble as we move on to, uh, the Psalm 84, which is, um, oh, see, this is, this is kind of a fun additive for this website. The quam delecta. Uh, so it gives the, the uh, what would that be? The Greek? The Greek title for the psalm? Nice try. Latin. 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 Greek. It's all unknown to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. In, in the Episcopal Church, the title of a psalm is the, the first X number of words, depending on what they decided to do, in Latin. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Okay, so yeah. so qualm delecta um, is like how dear to me. Yeah, uh, something. something like that because those are the first words of this psalm. It it could yeah yes that that's I should just stop there and not go nerdy on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, I don't, I, no, that's not the kind of uh, uh, game we play here. Uh, or, <laughs> Go nerdy. You got to go nerdy. If there's a nerd level here, uh, you got to go that, that, that route. Yeah, I said it. So, uh, okay. I don't, since you have, I, I'm not on the same website as you are. Okay. Um, say, say the Latin again. Quam delecta. Yeah. D-I-L-E-C-T-A. That is how dear to me. Mm-hmm. Could also be how much do I love? Um, one translation I have in front of me is how lovely is. Ooh, nice. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, well, uh, since I spoiled the beginning, uh, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and, uh, uh I can name yeah. that psalm in three Latin words. <laughs> name that psalm. Now that is an idea for a, a seriously nerdy uh, a seriously. game show. <laughs> that would be that would uh, be the least watched game show on whatever <laughs> name a church channel. Um, yes. Man, that'd be funny. Uh, all right, so Psalm eighty four, quam delecta. How dear to me is your dwelling, O Lord of hosts? My soul has the desire and longing for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh rejoice in the living God. The sparrow has found her a house, and the swallow a nest where she may lay her young. By the side of your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are they who dwell in your house. They will always be praising you. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. Those who go through the desolate valley will find it a place of springs, for the early rains have covered it with pools of water. They will climb from height to height, and the God of gods will reveal himself in Zion. Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Hearken, O God of Jacob. Behold our defender, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed. For one day in your courts is better than a thousand in my own room, and to stand at the threshold of the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is both sun and shield. 
he will give grace and glory. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who walk with integrity. O Lord of hosts, happy are they who put their trust in you. Um, what cool imagery. I like the, the so it, it feels almost, even though uh, it wasn't written then, it feels almost Victorian as it talks about the courts of the Lord, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I can see that. I, I, I hear in my head this Baroque music uh, uh, playing as as uh, we talk about the sparrow uh, finding her her house and the swallow a nest. I, you know, it it it, it does. I I, I kind of like I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe I'm off on that, but uh, that's that's uh, the vibe I get kind of from it. Um, what would the the courts have been back when? Uh, the book of Psalms was written or put together. Well, this Psalm is not one of the oldest. Okay. And therefore it is after the temple has been uh, constructed. And I was going to guess that use. it would have to be something dealing with the temple. It usually is. Yeah. Well, not always, but uh, not always in the book of Psalms, because there are some oh. that could be mm -hmm. as far back as David, which is pre temple. But um, this one's definitely well past David, King David's time, and mm -hmm. is um, from the and the temple has been around for quite a while. Okay. Okay. Because I'm about to burst a bubble here. Okay. I could title this the Psalm of Sarcasm. It's so beautifully written, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so, so wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me read a different version of this then in the tone that you're you're referring to. <laughs> Happy are they who dwell in your house; they will be praising you always. Exactly. Happy are the people whose strength is in you. Lord everything. God of hosts, hear my prayer, hearken. Whatever. <laughs> so seriously, this is like, uh, explain, explain yourself, uh, young man. Explain yourself. First of all, it, um, for centuries, that meaning of it had fallen away. And so people had been simply inspired by the beauty of the words um, okay. at face value. So you're completely right, and that is a, an extremely valid and historically important interpretation. Um, Gospel John refers to it obliquely in the in its very important opening chap chapter, without the sarcasm. But mm. its source, as it, as, as it says, um, not in the Book of Common Prayer, um, but does say in the biblical text in the Hebrew, a psalm of the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were part of the, the clan of the Levites, who were the okay. priestly clan, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they were demoted out of service in the Holy of Holies. There's a huh. huge power struggle that the, the Korahs lost. 
And they went from being part of the rotation of the priests, offering sacrifices, singing God's praises in the temple, all the stuff mentioned in this psalm <clears throat> that mm -hmm. priests were doing. They were demoted to literally just making the unleavened bread and sweeping up at the gate. Yipes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and there's some evidence that they eventually fairly quickly even lost those roles. They were completely kicked out of the temple. Huh. And, you know, and after generations of being unequal among all the priests in the temple. But this, this was not just their life's work, but their divine meaning in life. Interesting. And because so they, they lost the argument over what serves to serve at the pancake supper, whatever church conflict it was, they lost all that. And some of their psalms that, or well, technically there were songs that they wrote are preserved mm -hmm. in the book of Psalms. And this is one of them. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, so this is about a, this is, this is coming from a group. This is about a group that made a failed power grab. Yeah. Though we don't huh. know all the details of it. So it could have been a reforming movement trying to, restore to the temple its true meaning. So it, it may have been a good power grab. Okay, okay. But still. But still they lost. Interesting. Um, well, I suppose, um, sarcastic uh, uh, background aside, <laughs> um, you'd have to understand the, the, the language used here and what, what is meant in order to get either the non-sarcastic version or the sarcastic version. So I, I still have a question about uh, the reference in verse four to the pilgrim's way. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. Uh, what would the definition of the pilgrim's way be uh, uh, here? Okay. You were kicked out of your job in the church. Uh-huh. Which sounds, sounds about right. Included a parsonage. <laughs> And now you have to walk to worship. That is, that's what this is referring to, is they no longer live at the temple, but instead have to be like all the other um, everyday faithful people and walk to the temple. And they're saying, that makes us better than you guys are still in there. Huh. Again, through centuries of use, it has a much more holy and respectful tone and meaning to it. Mm -hmm. um, but in this case, it is, yeah, we got kicked out, but we're better than you are. And we're, we're, we're doing what God wants everyone to do, even you guys that still get to be in there. You should be out here with us. Hmm. Okay. I'm trying to sound like a petulant child. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I, I know how that goes. Leave it, leave that to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and consequently, they just it goes on to describe how um, as they pass through the Valley of Baca, which is also can be translated the Valley of Tears, um, it becomes a place of springs, um, and it's so see, God really is blessing us, not you. 
and you know these miracles are happening as as they walk along um showing how god does still favor the Korah former priests hmm hmm interesting yeah. Very interesting. I didn't think Psalms, uh, I, d- I didn't think any of the Psalms were written sarcastically, to be completely honest. Um, I got it. This is another one of my things of, yeah, I came up with this term, but this is how they're taught. Hmm. When they're, when they're taught by good scholars. Gotcha. And, and it is, it, you know, it is right in the title, a Psalm of the Sons of Korah. So, and Chronicles talks about who the Korahs were and their um, being kicked out of the temple and such. So it's right. not, so even if you just let the Bible comment on itself, you get this meaning. Hmm. Hmm. So strange. So strange. Uh, anything, so. anything else then about the Psalm? Um, In 10, mm-hmm. it says, Ooh, for, yeah. for better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd mm-hmm. rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. This this part is mourning for their lost role. Okay. That, you know, it, it, it's, it's like the, so many rom-com movies and all that's oh if only i could have one more conversation with this person if only i could have one day with this person mm-hmm. um and then the um i'd rather be doorkeeper in the house of my god that was their last the last job of the chorus before they were finally kicked out completely oh the doorkeeper uh, yeah. part, huh? Yeah, the sweeping of the um, gateway. Oh, that's what you... Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's not it's not like the doorkeeper of the Wizard of Oz for the City of Oz who got to control who came in and out. It, it was the janitor. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so, it sounds so demeaning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm just imagining that that like uh, uh, years later, uh, the you know somebody somebody comes in and and they're sweeping the floor. I was great once. Yeah, <laughs> that's what was going on. <laughs> I was once incredibly important. <laughs> Quiet, uh, old man. I'm here to see His Majesty. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh man. Incredible. Uh, absolutely incredible. And then the final slap is the second half of verse 11. He withhold the Lord withholds no good thing from those who walk with integrity. And hmm. it's one guess who are those who walk with integrity. It's the chorus. Gotcha. Huh? Interesting. Well, let's move on. Uh, Chorus aside, uh, let's move on to um, our gospel reading, which if I have this correctly, because this is like the first time I've ever seen three options for us, is (laughs) Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 through 15, and then 19 through 23. Yes. Excellent. After the wise men had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, 
Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard when when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in the place in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. Um so uh we had talked before about two Herods. Yeah. Um, uh, this is the death of the first Herod. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. The first, this is the first one, right? Right. Or is this the, okay. And then, but uh, it's mentioned Archelaus uh, is, was ruling Judea in place of his father. Was, is that not the second Herod? Who's the second Herod? The second Herod is called Herod. Okay. And he, and the second Herod is the one who will, um, want to kill Jesus, but turns him over to Pilate to be killed. Okay, so um, he and Archelaus are not the same. Not the same. Archelaus is a brother of Herod. Uh, okay. And the Rome. Okay, and all all these kings are figureheads for the Romans. Sure. And mm-hmm. none had a legitimate um claim on the throne which led to no end of problems and, and actually helped um, motivate the Jewish rebellion against the Romans, which would start not too long after the death and resurrection of Jesus. But mm-hmm. when Herod I died, the Romans broke up his territory into three for his three sons, oh. both, both to dilute their authority and to avoid any conflict about which one of the sons should inherit the throne. They each got one. So well, there's it, a there's a different version of my three sons. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that helped quiet down the inner fighting among the people who were collaboratives with the Romans. Um mm-hmm. and and so the Rome as often was the case, the Romans were shrewd on politically on how to handle this succession issue and um also were shrewd because they did indeed dilute the authority of the jewish puppet king hmm. now, there were three they had the people had to deal with hmm. interesting um so uh um okay so archelius was so archelius was uh, uh designated to judea yeah. Was and his brother got uh uh what? Um Galilee, I believe. Got Galilee. Okay. So uh so this is we're actually detailing here where Joseph avoids going to one place and actually then goes to the district where Herod Jr. is instead. Well, all all three of those places would have been a Herod Jr. Mm-hmm. I mean 
Okay. Oh, okay. Well, no, okay. I see. I think I see what you're saying. Herod the second. Yes. He he had Jerusalem. Okay. So, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Joseph steered clear of Jerusalem and gotcha. headed up to the Galilean area. Okay. Um, and how about how about uh, uh, Joseph for uh, uh, for once being a man who can follow instructions? Uh, uh, <laughs> you'll note that like uh, the way it's detailed tells you Matt, the, the the gospel writer of Matthew is saying. Joseph did it exactly as he was instructed <laughs> that, that, you know, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to here. And so he got up, took the child and, fl- and fled to here. And, you know, it like it's it's a um, it's almost it seems intentional uh, yeah. that that it's written that way so that you're like, OK, all right. Joseph, uh, Joseph was following well, following what he was told to do. Yeah, and, and biblically, that's that is kind of unusual as well as in real life. <laughs> um, so I, I, yeah, I think it was very intentionally put right there. Yes, he really did do it. <laughs> unlike right. any number, you know, unlike Jonah, who you know, literally had to be swallowed by a whale before he'd even start to listen, <laughs> or right you know, Paul, or any number of biblical figures. Um, yeah. Joseph, he did it. He actually did it. Hard to believe, but yes. Um. Yeah, and, and so is this? I'm trying to remember. Is Matthew the gospel writer that um, the angel of the Lord appears to him when informing him about the birth of Christ as well? Yeah, there's one that does not okay. as well. Only, only. Oh. Yeah, in Matthew, Mary barely gets a name. And Interesting. All all the angelic appearances that are described are all with Matthew. I mean, I'm sorry, hmm. all with Joseph. All with Joseph. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Why is that, Matthew, Gospel writer? Is that just is that uh, just kind of old patriarchy following the lineage kind of a kind of a deal, or do we have any idea? Well, that. We don't, we don't know, and defend him. Defend him. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I dare you. (laughs) I like Luke better. (laughs) Um, Uh, Matthew, it's. I don't think it's any accident that the Christmas, the birth narrative, that has thoroughly become ingrained into Christian thought, is the one from Luke that has Mary. And the angel Gabriel speaking with Mary and Mm -hmm. the shepherds. Um, Matthew really is kind of the B-side of that hit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't even know that Joseph gets visits from angels. um, Often in the form of a dream, but they're identified as angelic visitors. Um, Mm -hmm. And the speculation around it since you've asked for me to defend Matthew is that one of the themes of Matthew is trying to make it, make the, the narrative of Jesus's life sound very much like that of an old Testament character. Okay. Okay. And so in that way, it, like you said, in the, no small parts of the patriarchy, 
it was the man who often got the go go here, go there. This is what's going to happen. Your wife will give birth. Mm-hmm. Um, got those messages. Got it. I guess that you know that does that does make some sense. Uh, um, uh, I mean, they're not there's there's not the, they're not using the begats. Uh, uh, so like, let's at least thank our lucky stars that we're not. We, there's not like two pages of uh, of lineage uh, then <laughs> as a result. Oh, you skipped chapter one. Ah, there is, is the there? begats in chapter one of Matthew. Is there really? Yeah. It's okay. the, the opening line of Matthew is an account of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. <laughs> okay, well then, there, there that is. <laughs> yeah. It goes on for 17 verses. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is exactly what Gabriel was saying. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, thank you, actually. Um, uh, not... God's honest truth, truth, one of my least favorite parts of the Bible, <laughs> this genealogy list. It's like, uh, yeah, may and, I never have to read this again. Well, yeah. And of course, that's what professors would want to put on a final in seminary. Um, well, that's they they that's because they hate you. Um, <laughs> Wheat, chaff, which are you? <laughs> but, Choose. <laughs> But, but people really, you, there really is some interesting stuff, nerd speaking here, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in the genealogy as to why was that name, cho- you know, why did that, why was that person highlighted? Why was this person left off? That sort of thing. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose they're, if you're doing the deep dive part, yeah. uh, uh, that, that would make some sense. So Which that, I'm glad so that, we're not. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so that, so all right, so that does make some sense then why there would be possibly this focus that's actually a pretty good um it's a pretty good argument as to um the 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 reason why it's focused on on uh uh, joseph uh just because socially the 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 uh oftentimes the genealogy gets mentioned uh from the father the father's point of view but within even though it really is supposed to be through that's what i was just gonna say is even though um it, it your your genealogy actually doesn't it follow it follows your mother's side in terms of birthright to yeah huh yeah that if okay uh, a christian and a jewish person marry if, sounds like it sounds like you're starting a uh, walk into a bar joke Go yeah ahead. it sort of is <laughs> if the Jewish person is female and gives birth to all the children. All of those children have automatically a claim to being Jewish. Mm. If mm-hmm. it's reversed and the mother is Jewish. No, the mother is Christian and the father is Jewish. None of the children have an automatic right to claim Judaism. They have to convert. Oh, that's that's in the most most rigorous branches of Judaism, hmm. um, but for Israeli citizenship, which um, okay goes by the most conservative standards, mm-hmm. um, they'd have to convert to Judaism and have hmm. proof of their process and successful <clears throat> doing so. Um, remind me here, by the way, uh, um, 
So there's there's two references here in these readings about fulfilling a prophecy. One, uh, um, you know, that he he will be called a Nazarene, and then the other, out of Egypt, I have called my son. Um, mm-hmm. Where are those two? Pro- are those two prophecies? I. Isaiah prophecies? Where, where are well, those prophecies coming the from? The out of Egypt one is from Hosea. Okay. And let's see. 23. Um, okay, I'm glad I'm looking this up. There is no corresponding passage in Scripture. Oh, for the, the Nazarene one? Yeah. Huh. There, it could be that it refers to King David's line, but it wasn't very well written, if that's the point. Interesting. And part of it is, is, you know, they didn't have a nicely bound book with a concordance on the Hebrew scriptures in front of them. You know, these are oral traditions, and so it could be there was a piece of scripture that talked about him being called a Nazarene that didn't make it into the final edition that we have now. Yeah. It's still so crazy that, that how often that does happen. Um, actually it's crazier how seldom it happens, how people really did know this stuff, even though they couldn't flip through a book and refresh themselves. That is a fair point that I, I suppose that is a very fair point. Um, but, uh, um, for all the different source materials mm-hmm. that, uh, that, 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 that is, that is the case. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, anything else about these two, uh, uh, passages that are, that are put together, um, for, well, for our readings today? The piece in between mm-hmm. is the slaughter of the innocents. Okay. The the where the bad King Herod kills all the children who by age would have been eligible to um, be the newborn Messiah, and mm-hmm. there Matthew quotes that piece that I read out of Jeremiah a few minutes ago. Oh. Okay. So in the in those in those four verses in between, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, that, that that again, that really does kind of um, that does play into this idea of Matthew following along, you know, references to yeah. these prophecies, references to the the genealogies, references to um, <clears throat> to to all of these things are very Old Testament like. Um, and and I guess do make makes a lot of sense for um, the potential point of view that the author is writing from. Yeah, that's 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 interesting to kind of see. So so then really really quick because we're not reading from uh, the other the other gospel <laughs> writers. Um, if we had to sum up the gospel uh, authors and their and their uh, main points. Um, it seems like Jeremiah or Jeremiah's uh, Matthews would be um, uh, taking uh, where the Old Testament left off and making the the fulfilling the the, the prophecies uh, directly. Yeah, that Matthews Matthew is a gospel of fulfillment. Okay, and then uh, I would I guess from our discussions I would categorize John as 
uh, create it, trying to create a version that could be safely read uh, without yeah. fear of persecution um, by the Romans. What about, yeah. What about Luke and uh, Luke and uh, Luke Mark. and uh, Mark? Mark's the toughest one to summarize to to give a single title to because well, I guess he was first. He so was his the first. Would have just been just you know. I'm just trying to get this out there. <laughs> yeah, that that Mark was trying to to preserve the essentials, mm-hmm. um, and Luke sometimes is called the storyteller because hmm. he or the storyteller's gospel because he has some he has Jesus telling so many parables that appear nowhere else: Good Samaritan, Prodigal Son, and so forth. Hmm. Um, that it seemed like that's what his ear was tuned for were these amazing parables, metaphors, analogies, pieces of poetry that Jesus spoke with that are that not recorded in the other Gospels. Okay. That does make some sense. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, well, if there's nothing else, I think I might call it uh, uh, this, your podcast, for uh, January 2nd, 2022. Still wild that we're there. Um, yeah. <laughs> never thought we'd make it. <laughs> Not um, after that, just... Wow, <laughs> another year. Another year. Another year. Um, and we look forward to uh, uh, worshiping with you uh, this Sunday, either in person at 8 and 10 o'clock at the church or online. The 10 o'clock service will be broadcast live. Uh, feel free to enjoy that uh, as uh, as time permits, uh, uh, if you happen to be uh, on uh, actively as we're broadcasting, you can see all the mistakes I make as they happen. And uh, uh, otherwise, you can yeah, you can be ready to call the time. fire department for us. You know, whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a it, for for those who watched the uh, the the midnight mass uh, broadcast online. You might have actually no clue what we were talking about because there's like a, a kind of a throwaway reference as we got started. Um, but uh, the, the the server uh, set off our uh, our fire alarm. Our alarm. They, they, yeah, the, the smoke uh, from much the incense. incense set it off. Too much incense. And that's and, a uh, loud fire alarm. <laughs> it was. Those in person heard it quite well. Uh, those online actually heard nothing because the only thing that was coming through at that time was the piano. So there's like this fun, long pause <laughs> uh, where nothing happens. And then uh, we get the service underway. So uh, uh, I spared your ears. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> for those who were there in person, I'm so sorry. There was nothing. Yeah, we, I could we, do. <laughs> we got that thing shut off as quickly as we could. <laughs> mm, so, so uh, yeah, uh, the dangers of smells and bells church. Yes. Um, but uh, but uh, regardless, uh, we look forward to worshiping with you. Uh, however, uh, it works for you and yours. Uh, and until next week, I'm Ben and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye.